I used to have so much shame about that girl that lived in her bed. Like it's just wasted so much time and so much life and caused so much hurt and so much pain, which, you know, there's amends we made and I've asked forgiveness, but I love her so much. I like love her so much. That sweet, beautiful lost girl because she helped me find myself. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realize it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. It's Celsius hour. <laughs> it is Celsius hour. <laughs> I feel so hilarious drinking Celsius. I know, me too. You got me on it. It's, hilarious. it's really delishy. It's bomb. We're drinking... <laughs> this is not unsponsored. We're drinking Celsius. We have Jersey in our blood. It's so Jersey. It's like, because there's so much words on the can. Yeah. You're just like, okay. And it feels weird to like crack an energy beverage. I know. Like, oh, I'm about to crack an energy beverage. <laughs> but I like it because it has green tea. No chromium. high fructose corn syrup, yes. no aspartame, no preservatives, no artificial colors or flavors, all that stuff. Yeah. Literally not sponsored whatsoever, but I was just staring at our it cans. It is good though. We just cracked it. Just Now we had to get it. through a lot, of, a lot of stuff today. So this one, I wanted to talk about uh, at this intro, three health things that we're into right now. Yeah. We like to update you. Yeah. We like to keep you guys posted <laughs> as a top help the wellness podcast. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, what are those gals doing? Yeah, literally. Days? How yeah. do they stay so beautiful? <laughs> my roots are down to my nipple, honestly. honestly. My roots are insane. We're getting ready for the transformation, eh? Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. Every month I do like a week of actually caring about what I look like and I look like a new person. Mm. I go from hobo to drag queen. I think most women feel that way where it's like, there's a week where like your nails are at their wits end. The pedicure looks atrocious. Your hair is terrible. It's like, oh my God. And then you just go at it and you spend like a thousand more dollars. Like, or I more never dollars. want to see without. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> it's like I'm getting my hair cut, colored, tan, everything. God so good. It. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I'm a diva. So, okay. So my first Top one. Top three. Yeah. So one, uh, a wealth hellness thing that I'm into right now. A wealth hellness. Hellness, wellness. <laughs> Helly wealth. <laughs> it is hellness. It is hellness. Um, right now is during my workouts, like actually engaging the muscles that I'm supposed to be engaging. Whoa. I know. It's a radical thing. <laughs> it is. It is a radical thing to actually be engaged in your workout enough to engage the muscles that you're supposed to be engaging. Yeah. So... I'm feeling this. For me, a lot of times that I don't... I am quad dominant. So on my quads, I will engage them. That's my preference of my body to engage them more than I am going to engage my hamstrings or my butt. So I have been really thinking about you know putting my weight in the back of my heels, engaging my butt, 
way more than I used to. Also engaging my abs, engaging you know my biceps instead of my shoulders or my triceps instead of my shoulders. So really thinking about the body parts that I want to work on and having enough body awareness to engage those muscles and relax the other ones that I'm kind of, you know, that I'm trying to not work on or engage as much. Yes. Wow. I know. What what particular workouts are helping you to like become more aware? Mega reformer. P- uh, bar. Bar I think one. really does too. I think bar's really helpful for like, you know, some people like it or they don't, but it is helpful to do the small movements to engage those tiny muscles that they talk mm-hmm. about. I really like it when they kind of touch the muscles that I'm supposed to engage. So whether that's my butt and they just like poke it or something like that. Um, it helps me to have the muscle awareness to communicate in my body that muscle to to activate. Um, and Mega Reformer has been really helpful for that, especially with my core. You know, I really am not someone that if you if you guys see me, you know, I'm not someone that's like a core girl. So <laughs> being on the Mega Reformer and engaging my core and all the muscle in every movement that we do makes me sore. And then that helps me to have that muscle connection so I can engage it more in the future. Yeah. I've said engage probably 80 times, but no, I mean, yeah, Mega Reformer honestly is one of the best workouts for working the core and also just incorporating intentional breath. Like, you know, that helps it me in yoga too, where it's like, oh, I'm feeling more because I'm breathing more. Like if I'm holding my breath, I'm not really feeling the engagement in the lower abs. So yeah, that makes complete sense. I actually got that from um, Shara. She was talking about how she's engaging her butt in her workout Mm. more and it's really, really helped her see definition. So I have been doing that as well. And it's almost like mind over the matter. It's like using the mind to really concentrate and like talking to the muscles to do more. Yeah. And it's just it's, it's presence. And it's actually, you know, getting something from your workout. Like, honey, if I had a dollar for every workout I've sent in, yeah, 100%. I mean, most workouts I send it, talk to me and I'm like, huh? You know, mm-hmm. you know, if they're not, I'm like a robot, you know, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And so really engaging and being there with my workout and being as present as possible to engage the muscles that I want to engage or, or with breath has been really, really interesting. So good. I love that one. And it's free. 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 Free hack. Free as fuck. You're welcome. That's a really great one. Um, one of my favorites recently... This is not free, but almost free. It's pretty cheap. But I got a um, car buffer and I buff my body. So I like move the lymph. Um, I move everything towards my heart or like, you know, parts of the lymphatic system. So like towards my armpits sometimes. Um, It really, I I do it before a workout mainly and I'll do it after um, sometimes or I'll just stretch, but it actually helps me to wake up too. So in the morning I'll do it. And I just, it's as if I like jumped on a trampoline or something and it's not so um, concentrated in one area, the buff of it, it's like a flat circle surface. So it it really, it's not like um, there are things out there like the Hypervice and the Theragun and stuff. I actually like this better just because- What brand is it? It's literally Black and Decker. Really? But and you, it's just like a soft end. Yeah. There's like a little pad on it and it's cool. 20 bucks on Amazon. Wow. Yeah. It's and crazy. You just plug it in. You just plug it in. Do you, you don't put any lotion on it or anything? No. Okay. Like, <laughs> Unless I want to get freaky. <laughs> like you put a... I can just do it over... You can it? do it over your clothes. Like it's, you know, wow. you can do it on skin. It's like either way, it feels really 
really good. And now you have a car buffer. Maybe wow. you want to maybe you want to buff your car. Wow, catch me never buffing my car. <laughs> <Sick>. Honestly. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Um, but that's been really nice. It's cheap. And just like a fun hack. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I could, like no one's doing that. No one's really doing no it. No one's buffing their body with a black and decker buffer. <laughs> or they're buying, Get you ready. know, one of those, one of those things for like five hundred dollars. They're really expensive. Yeah. So hey. Love it. So good. Catch us sponsored by Black and Decker. I know. <laughs> Can Honestly. you imagine? Can you imagine? That'd be amazing. That would be actually really fun. We're down. <laughs> My next one is using non-sponsored, although they're a sponsor, this spot isn't sponsored, Chosen Foods new sprays Ugh. for like basically everything. But like, here's two things I'm using it for. Popcorn. Shara said that too. Mm-hmm. So popping natural popcorn on my stovetop with their avocado oil and from Chosen Foods, and then also using their new kitchen sprays that are basically avocado oil-based and flavored. So I have the Simply Cinnamon, which is fucking bomb on popcorn because it's salty sweet. And then there's also ones like um, Chipotle. That's really good. But basically you can use all the flavors of the chosen food sprays to flavor your popcorn whenever you want like a snack at night or a snack in the afternoon. It's so bomb and it's so affordable. So Chosen Foods has these bomb sprays that I've been using for that. And then also with our Birch Benders I know, I was going to say it. So Birch Benders is a new brand. First, we're the first podcast they're sponsoring on. Watch, watch them blow up, yeah. catch them blowing up. <laughs> and using their, the spray from Chosen Foods, the cinnamon, the chai. But this is not sponsored yet, right? Not yet. Or what but do you mean? They're going to, they're sponsoring soon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, not yeah, yet. Yeah. We'll have a, what I mean is we'll have oh, a code yes. for you soon. Yeah, almost 30. Just try it on every <laughs> website, honestly. And Birch Benders has a banana uh, vegan pancake that is delicious. It's like almond flour, Paleo. cassava flour, monk fruit. And you can use this, amazing spray for it as well. Yeah, I use the spiced chai spray and then do the pumpkin paleo pancakes. Dude, see you later. See you later. That's honestly, I've been having it for dinner a lot Mm -hmm. because I like to have a sweet dessert. So it's almost like just having the sweet for my dinner. Yeah, it's best. It's bomb. So um, Chosen Foods, we have a discount code, almost 30 for 50% off all of their stuff. So I use their avocado oil for baking, all their sprays. And then these sprays are bomb too. So Mm -hmm. that has been an amazing, delicious, healthy version of a snack that I can have when I want something, you know, that I can eat a lot of. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when you just want to like face plant and some snacks. Yes. Popcorn's good for that. Yeah. Um, No, I completely agree. I literally have been having those pancakes every night. Yeah, they're bomb. Same. (laughs) I I ran out. Okay. My next one is kind of boring, but I've been loving it. So just making sure that I have a book with me at all times. Because sometimes I find myself... Good one. You know, we're in LA. So like I'll either get somewhere early because I left early to beat the traffic and I'm sitting in the car or I'm waiting for an appointment or a meeting or whatever. So having a book with me just in case so that I make progress on my stack of books that I want to read. Right now I'm reading... Actually, let me grab it. It's called Attached. Oh, yeah. It's about attachment styles, right? I want to get the author. Um, Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. But it's the new science of adult attachment and how it can help you find and keep love. And there's three different styles of attachment, avoidant, secure, and anxious. And it's really fascinating. You know... 
none of which like is to make you feel like, oh my God, if you're anxious, like you're doomed. It's really learning how to be in relationship with other attachment styles and to just kind of catch yourself on the aspects of these attachment styles that could be detrimental within relationship. I'm feeling like I'm a combo. <laughs> I feel like some that things, too. You know, like, like a combo. Yeah. I'm I feel definitely like with women, I'm different than men. For sure. For sure. And I think it also changes depending on the season I'm in. Meaning like if I haven't been in a relationship in a while and then I'm dating someone who I'm like crushing hard on and into, I kind of become anxious because I think that, you know, I need to be doing things to make them like me. And then if they don't like me, like I'm going to lose them. It's this anxious energy around it when really at my core, when I'm in a solid relationship, I'm secure. You know, so a lot of it depends on, and this is what they talk about in the book, a lot of it depends on how your the partner responds to your style. So if I am anxious, if I am having like an anxious episode, it would behoove my partner to be like, hey, like I'm gonna see you tomorrow. I can't wait. Like if I'm feeling like they're not being too responsive, like instead of being like, wow, you're psycho, whatever, it's more just like reassuring the partner and being like, Hey, yeah, everything's good. Like, can't wait to see you tomorrow. You know, I'm going to be off my phone for the rest of the day. I have a lot of work to do, but like miss you and I'll see you soon. Things like that instead of, you know, the other. So it's been really, really nice. And it's this type of book. And I recommend if you are going to bring a book along with you, you know, it's one of those, love that one tip. of those books where like you can, just read a few pages yes. at a time and you still feel like, oh, okay, cool. I got something out of that. So a book like this is helpful for that. If it's a novel, I feel like I'd want to like sit there longer and like I know. keep going. But um, if it's like Harry Potter. Yeah, truly. Honestly. Um, but yeah. God, I miss those days when I'd get a Harry Potter and just be like, bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. I'm going to be gone for two days to read Six this entire book. Mm -hmm. um, actually, J.K. Rowling on the podcast would be rad. Oh, Casual. yeah. Casual. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you listening, J.K.? Yeah, literally. You want to come over to our fucking well, house? I, I mean, odds are one of our listeners is related to J.K. Rowling. Odds are. She's... Shout out. We'll she's see. special. Mm -hmm. She's so rad. Truly. truly. Yeah. She's the coolest. Um, so my third thing is looking into the distance. So mm. Mm. our eyes, the muscles in our eyes are so accustomed to looking down at our phones, looking at... Um, screens and really just contracting so that we have greater strength when we look at things that are close to us. Looking at phones, computers, books, driving, the person in front of you, when you're ordering at a restaurant. There are so many things that we use that very close vision for and those very close eyed muscles for. And nowadays we are not looking far and we are not looking in the distance like we were back in the day when we were hunters and gatherers when we were looking for a potential threat or dinner or another tribe, whatever it is, but now taking the time to be intentional about looking in the distance. So if that's driving, I'll look at a palm tree that's far away. I'll look at the mountains or just going to the beach in the morning, or you could go to the park or you know whatever it is. And really just like looking at a far stoplight, looking at things that are far to relax your eyes and the muscles around your eyes can feel so good. It's like, it's hard to describe as a feeling, but when you do it and when you actually experience it and you feel that relaxation, you feel that dropping into those different muscles or relaxing of the muscles that are normally 
um, apt to contract. It feels so good. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. I feel it the most too, like in the, yeah, the muscles around the eyes, like I just feel it after a while. And when I really tell my face, okay, you can rest. I'm like, whoa, I was holding that tension all day. Yeah. I looked at pictures of myself at like a certain point in time, like before I saw Colette and was doing gua sha and stuff like that. And I was like, why do I look so tight? And it was, you know, because I was had a week of not looking into the distance, not relaxing my face, not facial massaging, not relaxing at all. And it just caused my face to be so tight and uneven. And now I can kind of note that and just ease into the muscles on my face and remember that my face is made of muscles. Yeah. Wow. 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 And another free one. <laughs> that was free. Free. <laughs> Venmo. Okay, my last one. There's there's a shining star product that I'm obsessed with, um, but just in general. Okay, so I'll start off. My mom knows that I love Hearts of Palm, and so she got me um, Hearts of Palm pasta. I'm going to pull up the name of it for you. But um, what I love about the food industry now is that everyone's fucking hip to the idea that we don't want to let go of like those foods that we grew up with, but they are trying to incorporate like the healthy versions of them and making it more accessible. So I've been doing that with this Hearts of Palm pasta, um, which you can get online or you can just make it yourself. It'll might be a little, <laughs> little interesting, um, but it's called Palmini. P-A-L-M. And there's different type shapes of the pasta, right? Yeah, there's um spaghetti, there's um lasagna. Wow. There's there's a ton of them. It's so, so good. I actually ate it right out of the jar without even preparing it. I oh no, one night I did do it with pesto. It was really, really good. So yeah, that's a great one. And also just in general, incorporating more root vegetables because um, root vegetables and then berries because they are drawing from the earth like because they're in the ground and the berries are in bushes that are in the ground, drawing the minerals from the earth, minerals that we are missing and that we need. So in the berries, they're stored in the sugar. Um, Same with the other root vegetables like sweet potatoes, carrots, things like that. And I, it just helps me to feel more grounded. So maybe just taking, taking your own pulse. Like, how am I feeling lately? Am I in the clouds? Am I, you know, feeling a little fiery? Like what, what's a way in which I can eat that will balance me out? And for me, like my, sometimes my head is in the clouds. I'm really in my head. So to bring me back down to earth, it's really nice to have nourishing uh, root vegetables and just kind of feel <laughs> that earthy vibe. I'm 100%. like, okay, here I am. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just like see what you're feeling. Maybe you are feeling super grounded, and maybe it would you know be good for you to. I don't know what a an airy food would be, but you know, just popcorn. Take, popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. Maybe it's popcorn. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what an airy food is either. Or just you know, no one's ever like Chris to have more airy foods. <laughs> Everyone's like, you need to chill. Out. <laughs> um. But yeah, we don't like normally think about what the foods were, just like you were saying about the cold foods. It's like, maybe it's just not the time for that. And the body will tell you yeah. in different ways. So yeah. So I've been doing. Root vegetables is major. major. So those three tips brought to you by Almost 30 Podcast. <laughs> um, and wow, this episode this week. 
I don't even know. I need a moment. So, you know, a few years ago, um, I'm trying to think. I'm not even sure what what year it is now or what year it was then, <laughs> but I heard um, Jedediah Jenkins on the Ritual podcast and I've never felt... I, ne- I remember never feeling like that listening to a podcast before hearing you know, someone that was just so in touch, so open, so willing to change and grow. It was just so beautiful. So I started following Jedediah on Instagram and then, you know, immediately saw his amazing, wonderful best friend, Ruthie, and was just in shock and awe of her light, her energy, her openness, her kindness, and just like never thought that it would be possible that she would want to come on my podcast. Truly. Honestly. It was one of the highlights of my year. When she said yes, it was like, oh my God. (laughs) I know. She is, and I I don't mean this to sound cheesy. She is pure light. Like I've never actually met someone that is so pure light and joy. And it's remarkable because of the pain and suffering she has endured. And maybe that is exactly why she is pure light and has come out the other side and is a speaker, activist, podcast host, you know, social media figure and author who is helping people who are, you know, in the depths of of their pain. Um, and she just so so thoughtfully and and in such a way, I can't even describe it, just looks for the beauty in the midst of all of that. And I think this is just the beginning for her. I mean her, you know, I don't know. I just think it's the beginning. It just feels like People are just starting to hear about her. I know she's, you know, been in the social media world for a while now, but she is coming out with her memoir soon. Mm. A love song to my scars. It will be available this year. So look out for that. And then her podcast, the unspoken podcast, is one we love, love, love. Yeah, it's so deep and meaningful. And we actually talked about her title, her book title. Mm-hmm. So she changed her book title from what it was previously to what it is now. And um, I just, you know, there was so much about this conversation I appreciated. And um, the fact that it was a lot channeled, it felt like, you know, she was definitely channeling her highest self, her best self. She's always her, such a light, but it was such beauty that came out of her mouth. And I was so thankful that she was willing to share and be open about her experience Mm -hmm. and her journey and her story. And then, you know, how plant medicine has helped her today to integrate a lot of the learnings and a lot of the gratitude from um, her sickness and her story into her life now so that she can step out and just love who she is, love her body and just love this beautiful life that she's created with amazing people, amazing friends, amazing opportunities. Like she lives a beautiful life and she definitely deserves every bit of it. Yeah. And that was the first time she's spoken about her plant medicine experience. So we were so grateful that she um, was so open about that. And I just know like her spirit will help a lot of people. The fact that it's just remained unbroken and um, she's, you know, survived quite a bit of tragedy. And I know a lot of people out there are, you know, feeling maybe hopeless 
at whatever point in their life. So I'm really, really, really excited and grateful that we get to share this with you. Thank I, you, Ruthie. You're I know. Thank best. you. I actually have kind of chills right now. I know. Another last thing that I really thought was so powerful. You know, there was so much of it, and I, I can't wait to listen again myself. Um, when she was talking about, you know, loving her body so much yes. and just like yes. being naked in her apartment and like hugging her body and just being grateful. And, you know, the way that she just spoke about it was just so beautiful and something that I really um, took in, you know, in addition to so much and, and so much of how she saw her life, I felt like it changed me, but that was something that really stuck with me. You know, I kind of vision, I kind of saw it for her. And then I actually like was able to see it for myself too. Yeah. And when like you experience her beauty in so many ways, but that is the most prominent one where she's just so comfortable in her body and she's so just in love with like what is happening right now. So that is like what shines for me in terms of her beauty. I love her. Okay. Love her. So Ruthie Lindsay on Instagram, ruthielindsay.com, The Unspoken Unspoken. Podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And then her book is coming out later this year. So please... Let's all read it together. Yeah, a love song to my scars. Cannot wait. All right, enjoy this episode. Um, If you like what you heard, share it with friends. Definitely pass it along. It's really, it really means a lot to us um, that you prescribed episodes to people that might need it the most. That's really important. Yeah, and then sharing this kind of messaging, you know, her beautiful story just can really change someone's life. So um, we are so thankful when you guys share episodes with your friends. That's really how we've grown. Uh, this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, As a last bit, we are in Austin, March 26th. I cannot wait. Uh, We are going to be there with Rachel Rosen at the refinery from Mm -hmm. 6 to 8.30 PM. Tickets are available on our website. And the event is on inclusion, equity, and courageous awareness. So we are going to be talking about unconscious biases, blind spots, and um, really how we can just be better friends and partners to everyone around us. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be so fun. Can't wait to see you. All right. We'll see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Hopefully they're sending you some free hats. <laughs> well, usually Lack of color house. They have great, great hats. hats. I have a bunch of theirs, but they're so affordable too. I agree. They're like $50, $60. They're great. Totally. Uh, mm. Usually I have filthy hair, so it's like such a move. I don't have to wash my hair ever. And I just throw I a hat on no one knows. I it's love perfect. yeah. I feel like sometimes and this is probably an insecurity that I have, but like sometimes people too many people look at me when I'm wearing hats. Oh. Don't you feel like you stand out? Well, I'm six one, so yeah. I don't really have an option <laughs> not to. So I just own that I've been this height since I was thirteen. So. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean that's incredible. I You're, mean, but as a child, I remember, like, because yeah. I'm sure you were taller too than uh-huh. the boys and I was taller. Like, mm-hmm. it is a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you need, like, the support of, like, maybe parents or just voices that are like, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was super lucky because I was in this really small town and my whole family's super tall. I have older siblings. And it was just never really a thing. And I think because my town was so small and I was friends with everyone, I wasn't really picked on. I think if I had been picked on, it would have been a lot harder. But like now people are like, oh, was that so hard for you? And I'm like, no. What are you trying to say? Like, yeah, I thought I was great. And I still do. Like, I just was like living my life. I just, and it's funny how yeah. I forget sometimes. And then I'll see like photos with me and my girlfriends. I'm like, oh. There's like this much of a yeah. gap. Uh, and a lot of times when I'm in new places, people talk about it a lot. And I'm like, oh yeah, I 
am really freaking tall. Totally. But I just don't, It. I don't. Totally. That's all you know. Sometimes you're like, oh, there's a body here. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, this old thing's here. Like, thing. this is what people are looking at. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, sometimes I'll remind myself, I'm like, you should look down at your legs. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I like, look down at my legs. I'm like, oh, I got legs there. Because yeah. I'm so in my head. Mm. Like, so up here in yeah. a good and a bad way. But yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, you got a body. I remember. <laughs> yeah. The body's here too. You got legs, not flippers. Yeah, literally. Yep. I've got flippers too. <laughs> That's so funny about the tall thing. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, was that hard for you? You're like, what do you mean? No. Dude, so much. Yeah. It was great. Still is. Dude, that is great. so funny. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, we, could not be, you know, more honored to have you here. Oh. Um, our community, our listeners um, love you. They love, you know, everything you stand for. Their, your story um, really resonated with them. They love following you. And um, it's just an honor to have, you know, someone like you on our podcast this Thank week. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I want my hair the same color as yours. Oh. I like Diet Dark. It's the best. Well, this works real well because I get it color like twice a year and I don't have to keep up with it. Literally. You know? Yes. Where do you go? Nashville? Um, my girlfriend, Leah Hoffman, is the dream in Nashville. Really? She's a dear friend and we catch up twice a year when she does my hair. Really? <laughs> I love her so much. She's oh. wonderful. She's oh. so precious. I'm going to go to Leah. Yeah. You would like, give love. Me the She's the, the cutest. And I'm like... <laughs> I feel great about us. Oh my God. I would love that. That would be Uh, so fun. So for people in our community who aren't familiar with your story, I'd love to, I'd love to start there and dig in. I know you grew up in the deep South, as you mentioned before, and that kind of presents itself. I mean, it's not how we grew up. Yeah. It's a different world. It It really is. I feel, I feel so lucky. I, I really, it has its, loaded things, you know, but I feel so lucky for where I grew up and the culture is, it's such a rich culture and it's so loaded. There's like in my hometown, um, it's filled with plantations. I spent the night on plantations at my friends' houses all the time. And you don't know as a child, you're not realizing like, oh, this was built by slaves, Mm. you know? So there's this like, great people come from all over to my teeny tiny little town. Um, And it's beautiful and it's, oak trees everywhere and there's like really precious people, but there's this really loaded, heavy, sad past, you know? So yeah, it's, it's an interesting, interesting place. But I grew up um, in the deep South in St. Francisville, Louisiana. And I grew up on a farm, middle of nowhere with uh, two older brothers. My dad like literally plowed our garden with Emily. He's such a bun. And <laughs> so freaking cute. And uh when I, I mean, I had a really great childhood. I thought it's interesting now and I, now knowing more as an adult and leaving home, I realized how lucky I was. Like I never went a day without knowing how incredibly loved and treasured and valued I was. Mm-hmm. And you think that that would just be a baseline for everyone, mm-hmm. but sadly it's not. And how but, is that expressed? Sorry oh, to interrupt. Oh my gosh. I, Every time I left my parents, my oldest brother, especially, we were like inseparable. I slept in his room till he graduated high school. I felt treasured. Like I'd walk in the room and my dad's eyes would light up. And he was Mm. just, I felt so, I was always 
loved so fully for exactly who I was, but also like they enjoyed, we enjoyed each other so much. Like I never felt like a burden. I just assumed, <laughs> like, of course they want me around. <laughs> like I just, I thought everyone felt that or experienced and knew their value and their love. And I felt that so completely. I didn't ever know anything different, you know? So I thought everyone had that experience. And then when I was a senior in high school, like I'd kind of just had this great life. I looked at other people and I was like, well, they have great lives too. And they're really happy. And I mean, obviously I was completely clueless. And I, when I was a senior, um, I was super social. I'd organized a big group of seniors to go to this place called Celebration Station. And that night I pulled out in front of an EMS, like ambulance suburban and he hit me on my car door going 65 and I broke three ribs and they punctured my lungs and my lungs collapsed and my spleen ruptured and I broke C1 and C2, which are the top two vertebrae in your neck. And at the time, I mean, I was on life support. The driver helped save my life. At the time, honestly, not until last spring, I would always say, you know, they said that I had a 5% chance to live, 1% chance to walk. And I was like super lucky to be here. I didn't know the extremity of how bad it was. And I'll kind of explain more of how I learned more this spring. But I was on life support for a while. Um, I was really lucky to be so young and having like youth and health and all those things on my side. So uh, I was in the hospital about a month. And back then they used wires and spinal cord fusion. So um, they took bone from my hip and wrapped it with wire. I left after about a month um, with a big neck brace, half my head shaved and walked out of there, which was pretty miraculous. And I kind of, besides this big neck brace that I had for like six months, I went back to really like normal life. I don't remember a whole lot from it. So it was way harder at the time for my family and friends than it was for me. But like I graduated on time. Um, I cheered at our last basketball game. I was the tallest cheerleader that ever existed <laughs> on planet earth ever. Um, but I just like love to dance and I don't sport and uh, like biggest waste of a tall girl. And <laughs> I went to school, like college, graduated on time, had like the best experience, was very social, not a very good student, but had the best time ever and was offered a job in Nashville, moved to Nashville Um, Met my first boyfriend and we were idiots and clueless and like felt guilty about like sex and stupid shit like that and got married. I mean, God bless him. Like it's such a disservice on the human soul that is heaped on us. But we um, regret nothing. It was all a part of the plan to get me to exactly where I am. But we got married 10 months later and felt like, super excited. I just assumed everything was going to work out exactly as I had dreamt of. We bought our first little house. He was a musician. I toured with him. We like knew within 2.5 years, we'd start having babies. We were going to adopt other babies that every color under the sun. You know, I just had this complete vision of what our lives were going to be. And like, I always knew I'd be a mom. And about a year into our marriage, one day I was like walking from the store and this really gnarly pain shot up my head. And I dropped to my knees, um, Mm. blacked out for a second. Uh, I remember thinking I was going to throw up. And I I was like, did I get electrocuted? Like, did I get struck by lightning? It was a pretty day. Um, No. Did someone shoot me? Like, I I didn't. It was that Mm. severe. And I was left with this um, black, inky brain. Like, I had this horrible migraine and scared the shit out of me, of course. And... 
this pain, the shooting pain started happening more and more regularly. Started going to all these doctors and every time they'd have me do um, an MRI, there'd be this little black spot on my film and they'd look at it and they'd be like, oh, that's just the magnet in the machine interacting with the wire from your fusion. That went on for five years and the pain just kept getting worse and worse. I tried every therapy under the sun. Um, When nothing was helping, they put me on pretty strong narcotics and they kept having to up it and up it because the pain just kept getting worse and worse. And I was completely non-functional. I essentially, over time just was living in my bed. That went on for almost five years. And so finally, it's probably like the 10th doctor I saw. Um, a doctor was like, I can't tell you what's happening until I see what's under that spot. And basically this $50 x-ray showed that one of the wires had broken and pierced my brainstem. And at the time, they were like, you shouldn't be walking. If we don't get it out, you won't be walking. Surgery itself, super high risk of paralysis. Terrified, of course. Um, and I was doing Dr. Drew's podcast last spring. And he was like, no, you should not just like not be walking. You shouldn't have brain functioning. You shouldn't be speaking. You should not be here. And it like, oh, it so makes me emotional. I mean, I'm so glad they didn't tell me that then I couldn't have handled it. I was like so shut down and not okay. Um, I'm the only person that's ever had this. I'm like so lucky to be here and walking and alive and speaking and all the things, you know? And so, um, a few weeks later, insurance wouldn't cover it because it was a pre-existing condition. And a few weeks later, my dad called Papa was coming to see me to tell me he'd sell our farm so I could have the surgery because insurance wasn't going to cover it. And just he had a freak accident on the way and ended up um, falling down a flight of stairs the night before he was coming and ended up passing a brain damage. And so it was just this like... Uh, nightmare. I I thought I was like, I am living in a complete nightmare. This cannot be my life. There's no way this can be real. It felt so mean. And yeah, it was just so dark. And I wanted everything to go away and to pretend like it wasn't happening this horrible season. And it was um, one really beautiful thing that happened in the midst of that. So my dad was on his way to tell me that he would sell our farm. And he had told my godfather this. And so my godfather ended up setting up this medical fund in my dad's honor. And this crazy amount of money was raised because my dad had just loved and served people so well his whole life. When he'd leave my brothers and I, when we were children, he'd say, I love you so much. Remember your manners and always look out for the little guy. And uh, that was his just thing. Like he wanted us to love the people that others would miss and dismiss. And we didn't have a whole lot, but like literally just people out of the woodworks would send in checks. I mean, like your dad bought my prom dress. Your dad pays my rent. Your dad sent me on my senior trip. Your dad fixed my roof. Um, just on and on. And this full amount was raised. And then friends uh, did a benefit for me in Nashville. And I ended up choosing Mayo Clinic. And this top neurologist, top orthopedic surgeon did the surgery together. And they removed the wire. They took bone for my other hip. And then they refused one, two, and then added three with titanium screws because wires can break. I was there for about a week and I walked out with another neck brace and my head half shaved again. And they're like, you know, we hope this will help with your pain, but we're doing this because you won't be walking if we don't. And I ended up getting pretty severe spinal cord damage in that surgery. Um, So I left with just like a different pain, but not the same. 
Um, the shooting pain stopped, but my right side just feels like it's on fire all the time. And I got really severe nerve damage. So I actually went back to my bed for two more years because I was just like hurting every second, you know? And I was on even more narcotics at this point. I was talking about this with a friend the other day. I was on the highest level of fentanyl patch, which you can be on, which is like, you know, what they give dying cancer patients. I mean, that's what Tom Petty passed from. That's what Prince passed from. Um, It's super dangerous. But then also on top of that, morphine pills and hydrocodone and oxy and just all the things. And I, after two more years, had a complete nervous breakdown when my marriage was coming to an end. And I caught C. diff in in the hospital from having an endometriosis surgery. And I just broke, like completely broke. And it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. It was about five or six years ago. And it was like, I had such a wall. It was so bad. My family was going to like send me away. I had to move home. I couldn't take care of myself anymore. And that was when everything changed. I like weaned myself off um, seven years of narcotics. It took me about four months. And it's been this, I mean, the craziest, wildest journey to get to now. But I like, I look back on that point as such a pivotal shifting of like everything. I mean, my mind got to come back. Um, I was just a shadow of myself on these drugs, you know, and my pain has continued to get worse every year, but that's also changing. I I know, I believe with every part of me that that's healing. Um, That's a whole other thing. But yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy journey. It's kind of hard to Mm. make that short. Sorry, that was a long winded. (laughs) No, that was still, but yeah, that's usually I interrupt, but that was just, I really wanted, you know, that it's just really powerful what you've been through Mm. and the fact, you know, that you've come out on the other side to, you know, heal yourself and to Mm. kind of know yourself again. What has your relationship been, you know, faith wise? Yeah. You know, in Louisiana and the Deep South, I can imagine that it's, you know, very faith based. Mm-hmm. Church is like a big thing, yeah. it's a social thing. And then, you know, when you're married and you're getting married a lot, you know, as you mentioned, for like sex and the shame. And then you're going through these situations. What was your relationship with God or source yeah. and how has it evolved? Yeah, I love that question. I, I mean, it's changed pretty dramatically. I grew up in a very moral family. Um, we went to church, you know, like twice a month. And I don't remember learning a ton about, like I didn't like read the Bible, but I learned about Jesus. And it was more about being a really good, loving person and being a respectful person. And then in college, and I was like such an odd kid. I was like the only one of my friends that didn't drink and have sex. And it was all like outward things. And I think I found a lot of worth and value in being different. Um, and feel I kind of felt special and I liked being respected. And it wasn't for any sort of like faith reasons. It was more, I didn't want to get in trouble and I liked being different. So then in college, I met like Christians that were like practicing Christians for the first time. And I was like, oh, that must be what I am. They don't drink or have sex. And they're like trying to be really loving and kind, but there was a real disconnect. And I kind of, I feel like I, I didn't think I was lying, but it wasn't, real for me. Like I talked about it like it was, but it was always like other things other people told me. I had not had that real experiential thing and I wanted to, but I never really did. And so then, but I was a really good quote unquote, you know, I was like sweet and nice (laughs) and respectful and all the things. And so then 
when my world imploded, it really rocked because there wasn't like a real true foundation, you know? It was real outward and it just rocked my world. And I had a very limited idea of what God, it was very black and white. It was very, you do these things and you get these things and you live this kind of life and then you're going to have a good life. And all of a sudden my world exploded and I was like, but I've been doing all the good things. Like, why is my life so royally fucked? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this doesn't feel like a very good God to me. And I just, I had a very, there was such black and white barriers of what I understood to be Christianity. And I'm not saying that a lot of that was self-imposed, you know, or things I was learning from culture and um, not necessarily, like, it's not like my parents said this or there was a preacher telling me I didn't, it wasn't like a, hellfire and brimstone kind of place at all. It was very theological, so very heady. And I'm a pretty emotional person. Uh, So there was a bit of a disconnect. And so then when everything imploded for me, I honestly kind of walked away. And I worked for two churches and I saw a lot of pretty yucky stuff. And I've like done a lot of work around like forgiveness and not directly at me, but people I really loved. And it was pretty not okay. I mean, not pretty. It was very much not okay, the things that I saw. And so I was just like, if that's what Christianity is, I'm out of here. Like, nope, Mm -hmm. I want nothing to do with that. And whoever that was, that God doesn't feel very good to me anyway. Like I, you know, my, it's supposed to be an earthly representative, like your father's earthly representative of like a Godhead. I'm like, my God would, my dad would never treat me this way. This feels so mean to me. And it was just a very close idea and a very limiting idea. And it's been such a precious journey. And honestly, in the last year is the most of it. Like I, everything feels so different to me now. Like I have never felt so connected to a, a source. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look like what my, what I believed in college or even after that, it feels so much more expansive than that. And I don't even necessarily have a name for it because it's so much bigger and there's so much awe and mystery that source, whatever it is that loves us so much. And I feel inside of me and I feel connected to, I feel the oneness of how we're all so connected and there's no one greater than anyone else. And even with like nature and plants and animal, like I just feel that oneness. And I've actually never talked about this publicly. I'm a big believer in like plant medicine. And that's been a huge part of my journey of expansion and understanding that oneness on such a precious, beautiful level. And I just see whatever we want to name as God, like in everything, in people, in myself, in experiences, in everything that's happened in my past. Like I know that every single part of what at the time felt like such ugliness and so mean um, was so loving to get me to exactly where I am today. And I love, oh, I used to have so much shame about that girl that lived in her bed, like it's just wasted so much time and so much mm-hmm. life and caused so much hurt and so much pain, which, you know, there's immense we made and I've asked forgiveness. And, but I love her so much. I like love her so much. That mm-hmm. sweet, beautiful lost girl, mm-hmm. because she 
help me find myself. Like mm. I find scars, physical, emotional, spiritual wounds, scars as these like incredible roadmaps, honestly, back to ourselves and to our truest whole selves and the ones that we were born with, our souls that, you know, life happens and these stories are told to us that aren't, I don't believe to be true so often. And so it's been this unwinding of these old stories that I've believed, truly believed. I hated my body for so long because I thought it was the source of my pain and I treated it ugly. I didn't say I hated it. I said my body hated me and I treated it so ugly. And the way I talked about it, the way I lived in it was just, and now y'all, oh my God. I literally, I love being naked more than I can ever begin to tell you. (laughs) And I just, I love taking back. I love Mm. doing good things because for my body and I'm like, oh my God, like you chose this body to encase your soul and divinity lives inside of you. And you are so strong and so beautiful. And like, you're not broken. You are whole. And like this healing that you've believed is for everyone else is yours. That is for you. And I literally like when I'm hurting, I'll just hold my neck or whatever is the source of the deepest pain. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I know you're trying to protect me. And I'm so grateful thank you, but we're safe now. So you can let go. Like we're safe and I honor you. And I'm so grateful for you. And I just like, oh, like this body, I just, I love it so much. And I, I think so often in sometimes in Christian cultures and others, it's like, forget yourself and go out and serve. And, and that's such a disservice to your soul. Like when I have, the more in love I have fallen in, in love with myself and who I truly am, I am. I love people so much better. Like we can't try to forget ourselves. Loving yourself is the most loving thing you can do for the world. You know, like it's not selfish. It's so pure and it's so beautiful. And when you're living out of that expansive, abundant love, I am able to walk out of my front door and love creation out of such fullness and love, you know, the man that I just met in my lift so much better. And like, it just, it feels so different. It's so abundant and it's coming out of such fullness. And before when I was like, forget yourself, you're being so selfish. Don't be so depraved. Don't, you know, I was living out of a more scarcity idea. And it was, there was a shame when I thought I was like being self-centered or I don't know. It just feels so different. It feels Mm. So drastically different as I've like fallen back in love with myself and who I was created to be. And like doing this sort of like healing, loving work is like, I believe healed people heal people and transform people, transform people. And it's the most loving thing that we can do in this life is like heal ourselves so we can bring healing to the world, you know? And so that's been my journey. It's been the most beautiful, precious, sweetest privilege. Like I am just in awe constantly. And I'm like, oh my God, this life I get to live. And like the people I get to live with, these members of my soul family that I get to do this life with blow my goddamn mind. Like I can't believe this is my life. And I just feel so honored. And like my pain feels like this precious teacher 
that has given me like the greatest gifts in this life. And it's not in this like, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, I hope that hasn't, doesn't come off as this Pollyannish-ish. Like, like life's really hard and it doesn't take away that things are so really painful and hard. And I'm not diminishing that. Like I feel that, but the level that I let myself actually experience that, it's like, it's taken the power away from it. And I can kind of open armed, open hand, like, I don't know. It doesn't carry the white knuckle feeling that it used to. It feels so, I feel so peaceful with it, you know? And yeah, that's the best word, like joyful. And I feel very peaceful. It's just so clear that you are so at peace and in, in love and like admiration of your body that you are able to be an open channel, you know, for for what is true. And even I, I just, I'm, I'm taking it in because I just feel so lucky. Like even just you telling your story is healing. Not only, I'm sure it's healing for you every time you tell it, but like very healing for us. And just thinking about our audience, I'm like, oh, wow, this is going to be an incredible there's so much there. I Something that stuck out to me because we're um, going to be doing ayahuasca soon. And yes. yeah. Girl. I know. Have you done it yet? Not yet. <gasps> in March. So it has changed. I know. I, I, like what was uh, my, your experience? Uh, I've never talked about it. I mean, I talk about Do it with my mind? friends. No, okay. I don't. And I want to, ha- I don't go out. I haven't spoken about this publicly, not because of any way, shape, or form that I think it's wrong or, but I say this with real conviction, like you have to do real diligent research. Like I don't, and I, it's not for everyone. And they say that it calls you, like you'll know if you're meant, it'll call you and you'll feel a prompting, but do very, very diligent research. Cause sadly there's people out there that'll take advantage and you're not in your full state of awareness when you're in it. So you want to make sure that the shamans that lead you in this very sacred, very beautiful ceremonial ritual, you've heard, you've done a lot of research on them. And I would say, make sure that someone you know has gone to them before that highly, highly, highly recommends them. Research, 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 research. It's not for everyone. And sadly, there are people out there that take advantage. So that is my first before anything else. Um, That's baseline. That being said, I know that plant medicine has been a massive part of my healing. It has transformed my awareness, my consciousness, my body, my mind, my spirit. Um, Everything's different in the last year since I began. I've done four ceremonies and several... um, mushroom ceremonies with shamans and oh I can't speak highly enough about it it um, transformative isn't even quite strong enough of the words and it's hard it's like sadly in western culture I mean this has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands like there's a book right now how to change your mind by Michael Pollan that I'd highly highly recommend Mm -hmm. it's a New York Times bestselling book and it's all about psilocybin journeys. Like there are Johns Hopkins playlists just for psilocybin journeys. Johns Hopkins, like this is not, this is like scientific. This is, I mean, it's also very woo-woo, but it's, 
it, there's scientific basis on how this has transformed people's brains and the brain chemistry and helping heal super traumatic things that have happened in this life and other lives. And yeah, I've done it with two different sets of shamans and I just, every experience has been different. It meets you exactly where you are and it it's such a higher intelligence thing that you're, you can't know exactly what you're going to... I didn't know anything um, going into it. So I had no... I didn't really even have any expectations because I just went into it very open-armed. And every experience has been pretty different, all four. But absolutely beautiful. And I feel like it's put me... It's opened my mind to the truth and opened my consciousness and helped show me these really lies that I was believing. After one of my journeys, I had thought my name of my title of my book, which I just, I had just, um, I was about to finish it. And I thought the title was going to be Salvaged, How to Build a Beautiful Life with Broken Parts. And then after, it almost felt dirty coming out of my mouth. I'm like, oh, you're I'm broken not broken? Parts. Yep. What the hell? I was believing I was broken. I was going to put that in the world. Yep. And I wow. prayed so so intently and specifically on my last journey for my title. And it landed as clearly as I'm looking at my hand. Mm. And because they play music and the shamans play music to take, to sing to the medicine inside of you, to take you on this journey. And it's, there's highs and lows and it's very intentional and they're very connected with um, the divine and spirit to bring this healing about inside of you. And I was feeling that and I was I was like connected to the idea that this music was like singing to the medicine and healing me and it just came and I just started crying so hard because I was like, oh, that is so Aww. precious. And so what I heard or what I felt, I call them downloads. I don't know. I just get these downloads and and I heard or felt a love song to my scars, the journey from desperation to wholeness. And it just felt so true, like all of the pain, all of the suffering, all the trauma, all the devastation, the loss, all of it. Now these wounds feel like the most sacred, beautiful gifts. And they have, they've been, they've been the roadmaps to my wholeness. They've brought me back to myself, to my truest self. And I'm forever on the journey. It's not like I arrived and I'm here and I have it all. <laughs> you know, it's such an ongoing thing, but it's changed. It's changed how my day in, day out, like it's made me want to slow down. I'm a seven Enneagram. So I'm like, I used to just, and in me, it's just that, you know, fill up. We want to avoid pain, which hello, mm. like it's comedic. Like that was my number one goal to avoid pain at all costs. So of course I numbed myself with narcotics and watched every reality show that ever existed on planet earth for seven years. And now <laughs> it's like, I love like ritual and ceremony. And I've like come back to my truest self. My soul longs for quiet and listening. And there's then just say, um, I don't know, like a coming back into my body, into my heart. Like each morning I, I long to like, you know, I meditate and I journal and I read and I listen to these symbols. And I mean, I mm. literally, there are people that would, 
in my life that would think I've lost my goddamn mind, <laughs> which I'm it. totally here for. I'm like, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, totally. Symbols, I'm like, I'm almost yeah. there. Yeah. It's meant I'm, to it. Oh, I can't, I'll have to send you this one I listen to every morning. My mm. friend Asita introduced me to it. It is like, it's the most grounding when you start your day with this. Like, it's so beautiful. But yeah, everything feels so... The way I eat, it's not because Mm. of this. Like in college, I definitely dabbled with eating disorder stuff. And then I went the other extreme where I just ate my feelings constantly. The amount of junk food. It's like I ate like I was this 12-year-old overweight little boy whose mom had never said no. (laughs) And I'm so tall that it like didn't shit. So I could. And I always felt shitty. So I'm like, it doesn't matter. You know, Mm. I'm going to at least comfort myself with shitty food. And now I'm like... I just want to like treasure this body that I've been given. And it's it's not like I'm the stickler and like you're not allowed. I just want to feed it beautiful things of the earth. And I want to nourish my body and my mind and my spirit. And I I long to, like it feels so good. It's not Mm. this like you have to do this. It feels, it just, it's what my soul wants. Mm-hmm. And I learned to, I'm starting to pay attention and listen. And mm-hmm. and I don't know, it's been the sweetest. Uh, so did you, was there any healing with your dad? Like, have you, were you able to? Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like that's been like such a sweet journey. Like I know that that was all, mm-hmm. of course, I, I would love for him to be here. If, you know, I had children one day, I'd love, but I, I don't know. I also just read this book called A Journey of Souls. Who wrote it? Holy hell. Really? Y'all, it, my friend Sam, mm. I three different people within a few months mm. told me to read it. Which, Say no more. Yeah. And I also got this tattoo, this girl. I, so the first oh. ayahuasca ceremony, the um, lady, the Peruvian shaman who I madly fell in love with. And it was so beautiful because during the water ceremony, she was talking and she barely spoke English. And she would say word for word things I say in my talks. And I was like, this is so beautiful because it's not my truth. It's just the truth. And we're connected to the same source and people can call it Jesus or Buddha or whatever. It doesn't, but when you're like really connected to the the one source, of course, you're going to have a similar language, you know? So at one point during the second ceremony, she hands me this rock and tells me it was for my pain. And she knew nothing about me. Like they don't even have internet there. She didn't know anything about me. And I'm like, hello, excuse me. And halfway through the ceremony, she goes, "Um, the medicine wants to heal you. And I looked at her and I said, please don't say that to me. Please don't say that to me. Because in the past, like Christians had said that and be like, you're healed. And I'm like, really? I just puked my brains out all night from pain. Like, and that felt really damaging to me Mm. and really hurtful to me at the time. Um, and I felt like something was wrong or maybe I don't have enough faith or maybe God doesn't love me enough. And, you know, cause these people are telling me I healed and I'm like, I can't get out of bed, you know? So when she said that, I didn't want to feel that way about her because I felt her purity every time she'd walk around to like bring tinctures and potions to people. I don't know. I would literally look at her and not say it out loud, but in my head, I'd go, notice me. Notice me. Oh my God. <laughs> I love her. I totally. saw God in her. I mean, mm, her purity wow. was like, her essence. Yeah. Anyway, that's but it's almost it. so gaudy. She wouldn't pick a favorite. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She was going to exactly who needed. You know, and but at one point she said, "The medicine wants to heal you." So, long story short, those words have been said to me in the last six months more times than I can express to you. And 
I asked this girl who was in um, Austin, I was getting a stick and poke tattoo and her Instagram said, don't reach out. She's three months booked. And I did anyway. And she goes, email me. And she goes, I never let people break the line ever. But this morning in my meditation, I was told that whoever reached out to me needed my tattoo medicine for their healing. Hello. No one calls tattoos medicine. Yeah, I'm like, the back of head. this is one of a, I can't tell, I wouldn't be, we'd be here all day of all the instances where this keeps happening. But she was one of the third people that said, read this book. So I just recently finished it. And when I say my mind has <laughs> been blown, but all that to say, it ex- it helped me understand and even put a different understanding with my dad's passing. It was all meant to be my girlfriend who this tattoo for is for, who passed away when we were in college, was killed by a drunk driver. Her injuries were not even close to mine. And I had such guilt about her dying and me still being here. And after I, when I was having my nervous breakdown, I thought of her obsessively because I'm like, she would be changing the world. And I've just been taking and, you know, taking and taking and just wasting my life. And and I had a healer who knew nothing about any of this say, you have survivor's guilt, but she chose that like to be able to bring healing to her family and to help from the other side. And this was all, she knew nothing about any of that. So there's just that book and a lot of other things. I feel so peaceful. Like, of course I miss him and I love him so much. And I'm so grateful for the ways, what he's taught me and having this beautiful life with him. But I feel so peaceful and I know that I'll see him again. Like, I know that He's here and around. Oh my and gosh. Yeah. I feel so much peace. Oh, and you kind of realize I'm, mm-hmm. we haven't done it yet, but you know that death is not bad, you know, and, and I can imagine that you, and this is what I think about death now is that it's going to feel like a relief mm-hmm. in yeah. some ways. Yeah. So it's like the changing my view of death and not everyone has that view. Of course, you know, when you lose someone, you love, you miss them and and a part of you leaves as well. But there is just such a change and shift in the way that you look at it. This book will literally, it'll blow. Oh my God. The journey of souls. Oh, the journey of souls. Y'all, this man is a hypnotist and he realized that he could tap into their past lives and where they go after death in hypnotism. So it's all case studies and it's just recordings of y'all. Y'all. Say no more. Uh, You know when your spirit is reading something and it just knows it's true. Mm -hmm. The second I see it, I'm like, yep, Yep. that's it. My soul was like, "Uh uh-huh. This is, yep, that feels. And anything that brings you towards healing and love and truth, like if anything's pulling you away from that, it's not true, <laughs> you know? And this is just an extension of everything my, my soul mm. believes and knows mm. to be true. It's beautiful. How have you, and maybe the plant medicine is part of the answer, but, you know, for a lot of your journey, a lot of the pain and being in bed and, you know, being on drugs and then, you know, having your marriage, you know, you guys chose to end it. How did you process anger? Like, have you been some, because you are so sweet and you are so kind and you are so thoughtful and compassionate. I could imagine that you would not express it and that it would kind of be stuck in you or, you know, or how did you transmute it or what's your relationship to anger? Yeah. I love that question. That's such a great question. Well, um, there's a 
book called The Body Keeps the Score. Oh yeah. We hold trauma. So even though I've never, like I've not expressed pain usually through a whole lot of anger, it usually came out in sadness and depression and they're same sources, you know, it just plays out differently in me. Mine usually would just shut down and I would take it out on myself more than outwardly, externally. But I've been doing so much trauma work I've done a lot of EMDR, a lot of neurofeedback. Um, I did a three-day trauma intensive at OnSite working with a shaman. I've done such... Like my book, writing my book was honestly the kickstart into this healing on such a soul level because I had to go into these old traumas on such a level that I didn't even remember so many of them. And they, but they were stored. They don't leave until you give them an access point to leave. And so... It was so dark. It was the darkest I've experienced depression. You know, you hear people talk about like the dark night of the soul. I experienced that writing this book. And so I was so desperate that I dove. That's why I started this journey with all of these things because it was so, I had to, I was not okay. And it was all part of the plan to like help me release so much of this pain and so much um, the body keeps the score is such a beautiful example of showing and giving like scientific data and explaining like our cells hold trauma and it lives in our limbic system and our brain, but we're created to heal. We were, our bodies are so amazing and so beautiful. And so like transcendental meditation and neurofeedback and all these things that I've been doing are literally rewiring my brain to exit these traumas, like doing neurofeedback, it does literal brain maps. And I can see on there how my brain is healing from these traumas. So of course my pain is going to be better, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I'm releasing trauma. Um, so it's just, I'm, I'm in this beautiful healing season and I never believed that my pain could get better. Like for a year, I mean, literally it's been worse every year for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I just, I thought, well, this will be my vehicle to be able to connect and love other people. And I'm just going to have to learn how to bear it. And I will because, you know, I'll be able to help so many others. And I never believed that I could be better. And I'd go to all these doctor's appointments and I'm like, you can't help me, but it can't hurt to try. And now y'all, I swear to you, every appointment, I'm like, you're going to be a part of my healing. Like I go on walks, Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is a part of my healing. And I do Pilates, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh this is a part of my healing. And I take baths. I'm like, oh, this is a part of my healing and music. And I mean, meditation, all the things. I'm like, this is, I eat well. And I'm like, this is a part of my healing. Like and joy, I, laughter. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I know it. Like I I, yeah, the, I know. The connection between the belief and the pain yeah. like, is so... Oh yes. my God. And our words are the most powerful thing. So of course, when I thought my body was this source of deep hurt, pain, hatred, it, you know, our cells hear us. So one thing that you can do that is so beautiful, it starts speaking differently, even if you don't believe it yet. Like I started looking at myself naked in the mirror. I did not believe the beautiful things. And I was like, you are loved. You are love. You are whole. Healing is for you. And I would cry. I didn't believe Mm. any of those things. And now I know (laughs) it's true. Like I, it it feels so different, but the words came before the belief. The words came before the emotions because our bodies, our cells, our brain hears us and how we speak about other, like 
there's just this energetic, it all is connected. And if you are feeling hurt and deep pain by someone, start every day sending them love. Like that energetic shift, either you'll change how you feel about them or they will. Like something will change. And you can't hold on to that hatred if you Mm. send absolute pure love and wish goodness and hope. Like you aren't going to feel it at first. You're just going to feel the pain that they've caused or you've caused, you know, but it comes. It really, it's, I've watched it so many times and I just can't speak loudly enough about the value of words on a cellular level, Mm. that energy shift that happens. Mm. It's incredible. And I can imagine that like those words, one, not only change your body, but it it almost becomes like a magnet. So like, I mean, when I think when you mentioned just like your friends and your like chosen family and your family, like, you know, lucky enough to kind of see you all out there, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and get to know you and you all are so magnetic and people that we just want to like be around. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how did you kind of like call them in like, mm-hmm. and when, and at what time? And, yeah. and I just think community, we know now with almost 30 that it's just so important. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. So how has it really fed you and healed you? Yeah. Uh, y'all ask such amazing questions. We're the best. You are the freaking <laughs> best. Taking, it, taking us a little bit, but now oh you know we're the god. best. Oh my god, nailing it. Y'all are absolutely nailing Home it. Home run. Oh my god, I feel so lucky. Oh, um, I, you know, I think it's so interesting. People write me. Well, think one. I believe we have soul families that we've done a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of lives with. And a lot of times, people write me and they're like, "How do you get these kind of friends?" And I mean. This is such a basic thing, but like foundationally, like you have to be a really, really, really good friend and you're going to have hurts and pain. It's not like we're perfect and we hurt each other. Like that's life, you know, but there's such a like loving, we're committed to loving each other and going through the pains and speaking truth and honest and being open about when we've hurt each other and being receptive about when we've hurt one another and not defensive. And that's been a huge growing thing. And I think in this life, I knew that I was going to have to have a lot of physical trials and friendship has never really been a struggle for me. I I met one of my soul family members when I was 17 years old and she's been with me through everything. I think she's one of my guides. I, I just, she is like an oracle of just truth and goodness. Even when I was like, I want nothing to do with Christianity, I would have, I would ask her, I never questioned her. I always believed it. I knew that she was so connected to the source and I always trusted her and I always felt loved by her. And I always watched the way she loved others. And I tried to be a Christian in my 20s because I was like, I want to love people the way Katie does. Mm. It, it was just, there's a purity about her. But I don't know. I think, especially after I um, lived in my bed and I started living again, I, I was open. And I think what you start putting into the world, it's like you said, it's this energetic, magnetic. I don't understand how it works, but I know what you put in the world, you get. Like I started living more out of abundance and I was literally overloaded with abundance and just understand like I have this tattoo of my open hands and that's the whole idea. Like there's always more coming in. So I don't have to hold on tight and cling to my resources, what I learn, my money, my 
home. Everything I have is a gift and there's always more. And I get to be filled by it constantly. There's always more. And I don't always live out of that place. But when I come back to my most wholehearted self, I can open my hands and you know, give freely of all resources, knowledge, time, my things, my, my resources, whatever they are, because I can always come back and fill back up. And so I think I found people that also live like that. You know, like there's just such an abundance mentality with my friend group and there's not a whole lot of, I mean, we all are human. We have moments, but we choose to try to come back to our whole selves. There's not a lot of jealousy or nitpicky. Like I'll hear, not like close friends, but people will write me and tell me about these like traumas they're experiencing in their friend group. And it's, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know that. Yeah. I, I just don't. I, I mean, we all have hard things. It's not like we have lived these blissful. Mm-hmm. That's not even close to true. But there's just a lot, a lot of love. And there's also not a, like Jed and I laugh a lot. He's like one of my soulmates and we're both so independent. And so we don't need each other, but we're obsessed with each other. So when we get to be together, it's great. And then like, we'll go with each other. He invited me to a wedding and Oh, hi. And I literally, we barely saw each other. because, And I didn't know a soul, but I'm like, bye. I'm going to go live my truth. And he knows that I don't need him and he doesn't need me, but we can always come back. And like the seconds we have with each other are the dream, but also bye. <laughs> like, you know, like it just, I don't know. There's not that like, I need you by me to be okay. Like neither, we don't need each other to be okay because we're okay. So that we can just enjoy each other on such a full, like my best friends, Amber and Audie, I never have to worry. And same for them. Like when beautiful things happen, I never, I'm like, oh, I can't tell them this because they're going to, you know, one's like about to be a mom and one just got married and I'm out like traveling around. But like, we all know that our blessings are so full. It just looks different. I never hesitate to tell them when a beautiful thing's happening and they never hesitate. Like when Audie got pregnant, I'm like, we're having a baby. And like, I'll be in the delivery room. And like, you know, when I got a book deal, we got a book deal. Like we're writing a book, you know, it's like we, it's Mm. all this, it's a both and like we walk through it with each other and we celebrate each other's joys and we mourn each other's losses. And Um, they've walked through some of the most painful times that I've experienced. And I never hesitate to bring that to them either. And they'll come lay with me in my bed when I can't get up and come hear me speak when I'm, you know, they're just, it's just such a supportive, rich abundance, an abundant love. A lot of the reason why people like when you have a, a relationship like yours, you can go to a place, be together, have the best time, leave each other is because you it's actually yours. You're not reaching for something that isn't yours. You know, when people are attached or they can't leave their partner's side or, you know, that person's side, it's almost like a grasping for wanting to have something that may not forever be theirs. But because this is like a soul contract and it is yours to keep, it's like you can leave each other and know that you'll always come back. You know, it's such a Mm -hmm. beautiful thing that you guys have. I mean, your, you know, relationship is just a beautiful thing for people to witness, you know, and see. So thank you so much for always sharing in that. 
And I also really loved too when you were talking about your relationships and something that you know, I try and think about or, you know, have people think about is when they do reach out about traumas or friends situation things. We often have that happen with our community and our listeners. So much of it is like the situations where you have you have, you know, a relationship that may not be quite the right fit or something's going on or there's drama or whatever. The only thing you can really do is focus on yourself. Focus on making sure that you are proud of who you are, proud of your integrity, living in alignment, loving yourself as best as possible because you are essentially attracting whatever energy that is. If it's a jealous energy, if it's a spiteful energy, if it's a, you know, whatever energy it is, it's coming back to you. So sending love and focusing on your own love is like really the only thing, you know, that you can do there. That's right. And we can't change anyone. You can't change anyone else's behavior. Like that's been a huge... I like my less higher self can be very controlling and judgmental and want to like fix things or tell people what to do or, you know, why are you not treating people this way, you know? And I think as I've done work on myself and seen those things inside of me and the things that I was so quick to judge in others is usually inside of me. And that's why I see it. (laughs) Um, The more I've done work on myself, it's also that is transformative for other people too, because it's such a overflowing, like, my friends and I sit like we all, they make me so much better. And I watch them do work and I'm like so drawn to see that, that it makes me want to go do really hard work on myself. And yeah, it's such a, the, again, like what we were saying earlier, transform people, transform people and heal people, heal people. And if you're doing work on, you know, this kind of level, you're going to be able to bring love and that sort of wholeness to others and bring inspiration. But you can't fix anyone. Like I, I what I've come to really truly believe like with my book and all the things, like I, my hope is when people close the book, they forget my name altogether. They forget my story and that they know that they know that this healing, this love, this divinity is inside of them and this hope is for them and they don't need me. I get to just moonwalk the fuck out of here and just be a mirror and be like, this is for you. This hope, this love, this healing is for you. You don't need me. And I think when I see quote unquote healers or coaches in the world that make people want to feel dependent on them and like, you need me to be okay. Like, I don't trust that. I think healers empower others to heal themselves and they get to be guides and support to always empower people to heal themselves. And I know when I was living in my bed, when people would say that, it pissed me off because I was like, fix me, heal me. I'd go to doctors and like, heal me, fix me, husband, heal me, fix me, family, heal me, fix me. And I wasn't ready to do the work for myself. And I never went home and did anything that they suggested because I wanted others to make me better. And that will never, ever work. Like it, the work is for us and our souls to do with whatever higher energy source that you tap into, which I believe there's one, but you know, I just really with every part of my soul know that that work is inside of you and that healing work is for you and no one else can do it for you. For me, it's like, it's very interesting to kind of think about your story and how you, you, you came into this world and were like taken care of and you were this bright light. And so like, in your body and and in love with yourself and your family had such a big part of that too. And I think being on a small town and things were very simple. And I, I think that, you know, 
works in someone's favor when, when the love is there and it's so abundant. And then to be in a very dark place and be in so much pain and, and be on so many drugs and not yourself. I'm just, and then returning to the girl that you've always been, I guess, I don't know what the question necessarily is. One is like, what, what would you tell that, that girl who was in that dark place? You've mentioned a little bit, but I know there are people out there who are in a lot of pain or do have conditions that, you know, they think about and experience pain every day because of them. So what would you tell them? Yeah. Kind of like what I was saying earlier, I used to just have so much shame about that season of my life. And I just Mm. felt like I was, I wasted so much of my life and I wasted other people's time and I failed at this marriage and I failed him. And I just could not feel more differently now. Like I honor that girl, me, (laughs) the Ruthie that lived in her bed. I'm dedicating part of my book to her because I'm like that pain that made you feel so hopeless, that loss that made you feel so empty, that death that made you feel so hopeless, that all these things that you thought were the, and I wanted to die. Literally, the idea of death was the greatest respite I could think of. The idea of falling asleep and never having to wake up into the hell that I had, I was living in, I could not think of anything that I longed for more because I just thought I was living in perpetual hell. And the idea that my pain was going to continue to get worse and I was going to have to be trapped in this pain for the rest of my life, just it felt bigger than anything I could handle. And I just, I say thank you to that girl so much. I say thank you to the pain. One of the, at the end of that, um, ayahuasca ceremony when she told me the pain wanted to heal me. It was so interesting because I didn't notice anything that night. But at the end of it, all these things that had caused pain kept popping up. I didn't know that I knew the um, EMS driver's name. I hadn't talked to him since 96. And all of a sudden, Terry was sitting in front of me and I had this full conversation with him. And I told him, oh, thank you so much. You feel guilt and you don't need to. Like, I'm so grateful for you. You are so loved. Thank you. I had this full conversation with my ex-husband. And I was like, oh, you carry shame and regret and guilt. And you have no idea how loved you are. And I'm so, I see your goodness. I know your goodness. And you are so loved. And you are so good. And you're so whole. I'm so grateful for you. And I saw the wire that was in my brainstem. And I said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for this pain. I'm so grateful for you for bringing me back to myself. You are such a gift. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So all these different pains kept popping up. Things that caused trauma, things that caused loss, things that caused physical pain. And I covered them in so much gratitude. And I I was hugging myself and I was rocking back to forth and I was just going, thank you, thank you. I was just weeping. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
And I don't know. I mean, none of that was a conscious choice. It was just like my my soul was overwhelmed with gratitude. And I know that every bit of those things were like these beautiful teachers, these beautiful gifts, and these this privilege to bring me back to myself, to the truth, to wholeness, to to love. Like I am the love I was looking for outside of myself. You are the love you've been looking for. Like you are the love. Um, and I saw that. I started seeing that for the first time. It began my healing journey of bringing healing back to myself and that love back to my body and my spirit and uncovering the truth. And so, yeah, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but I think it was just I was so, I am so grateful for that girl. I found her. She found me. We found each other. We found ourselves. We found our truest self. Like I thought I was so lost, but she helped me find myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think what you're saying earlier, I was this like free child, but I also found so much worth in other people's admiration and I needed it to feel okay. So then one part of my nervous breakdown was shame because I had always been this great kid. I was like, you know, homecoming queen and always loved. And all of a sudden I literally couldn't take care of myself. I was completely out of my mind, addicted to everything under the sun and non-functional and been living in my bed for seven years and my marriage was coming to an end. And I was just, I had C. diff where I literally was just shitting my pants all day, every day for <laughs> good three months. That'll humble you. Um, yeah. And I just, I realized this, I put up this thing where I needed worth and value from others. And that's been a really beautiful journey too, to come back to my worth has always been there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like I found this um, (laughs) back in October, I'd never seen anything. I've usually, I have like really precious little quarter of the internet with the most loving followers you could ever imagine. Oh my God, I'm sure. It's crazy. Mm. But I found, I was Googling, I was trying to find this article to show my girlfriend, Suleika. And I came across this forum or something in Nashville. It's about like Nashville bloggers, which I don't have a blog, but I was all over it. And for some reason, I read it for like 20 minutes. And these people hate us. Like we are, I mean, they loathe us. And these women... It was like, you know, she is so full of shit. She, I know her and she is the most despicable. She's, you know, one person was like, how old is she? And she's like, she's like 32, but she looks that ancient because she um, has had so much chronic pain. And I'm like, I'm almost 40. They're like, she, um, I mean, it just went on it. Like I saw her at the Women's March and she was just there to get her photo. She didn't give a shit about women or empowerment. And she's just, you know, it just went on and on. And it was so interesting. Of course, at first I was like, Ouch, like this is really hurtful because that didn't feel true, you know? But then I I got really quiet and I spent, I just started sending them so much looks. I'm like, A, like they're hurting so bad. And the old me would have felt so butthurt that these lies were being said and all this stuff. And I literally 
I'm over here fake, creating fake accounts. Like, <laughs> dude, I heard she's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so at the march, she was totally engaged. <laughs> it was just so interesting because the old me would have really spent a lot of time and energy around that and felt so, you know, the just injustice of these people lying about me and making mm-hmm. up all these stories. And I was like, y'all, I literally, it was just the most beautiful thing. I sent them so much love. I know they're hurting so much. And I also just came back to the truth. Like, I know exactly who I am. And that doesn't, not in a like, fuck you, I don't care what you think. I don't feel, I like sent them so much love. And then it also put a mirror back on me because I'm like, I sit here and watch The Bachelor on Monday night and I will talk about these women like I know them. And the way that I've heard, the words that I've heard come out of my mouth about these women is not okay. And I am talking about them like I know them. Mm. And it's the exact, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same heart. It's like, you know, and I just, it was a really great teaching lesson for me of how I want to live in the world and the words I want to put out about others. And then also just like owning my stuff and letting go of, I have no control over what anyone thinks. And if they don't, that's just that's all that didn't have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like it's also not my problem, mm-hmm. you know. Like that has it has nothing to do with me. It's not even yes. about me. And that felt just really beautiful. It was like the sweetest. I was just like, I felt really touched by just that lesson and like that shifting. Cause the old me would not have been okay, y'all. I would have been so butthurt and so I mean, there were pages and pages and pages of just like stories about me and a bunch of other people I know that, you know, they're mm. and it just it was like, that's okay. They're hurting. Mm-hmm. That's nothing to do with me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm so interested to see what, you know, the um medicine is gonna show, you know, Lindsay yeah. and I, especially as it relates to shame. Yeah. It seems like shame is like a popular topic among you know, the medicine. And when I was thinking about when you're talking about shame, I was like writing down that shame is kind of like a social conditioning. It's like resistance to the present moment mm-hmm. and not receiving everything as a gift. So like, you know, for you, it's your pain and suffering. It's a resistant to that present moment of pain and not seeing it as a gift. And then you feel guilty for not receiving what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much shame that controls a lot of our actions, a lot of our conversations, a lot of the way we feel about ourselves, our bodies, our families. You know, there's, it's such a ruler of so much that what we do that, you know, having people give pause to it and kind of think about where shame pops up in their life, I think is really important. It's so, there's these women, Lisa Gunger and Hillary McBride, um, they do this retreat called the Divine Feminine Retreat. And I got to experience it last December and I'm going to it again in November and they talk about that, these stories, that culture and church. And yeah. Hillary is a trauma um, therapist. And she has done so much study on where so many of these stories and even oh, like women with their bodies and sexuality. Yeah. Oh my God, the stories that I used to believe and tell myself are atrocious. And now y'all, it's like... I can't even express, like coming back to truth. Like not, like I love dancing naked more than I can ever. Cause I'm like, look at this beautiful body I chose. And I just, I honor it. And sexuality, we, 
especially when you grow up in the church, it's like you, there's so much shame around sex and sexuality, which, oh, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart because it's just, oh my goodness, wild. But that has been the most beautiful thing coming back into my body Mm. and trusting my body and trusting its needs and desires and wants and not feeling the shame. Like it is a game changer. It's the sweetest, like we are created as sexual beings and in in a sacred way. It's not like I'm out sleeping around with all the people. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. It feels holy and Mm. sacred. And I actually just did this 10-day womb healing. Y'all, I'm just getting weirder by the yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> literally really writing down all the healings. Yeah. Like, so define feminine wound healing, like womb healing, got well, it. our womb, so that is where um, we, <laughs> our masculine and ener- feminine energy come together. And in mm-hmm. every life, it's our goal is to balance. Like you'll go through many, many lives as a female, many, many lives as a male. And the more lives you have, the more balanced you become. And that's a more wholehearted person is balancing masculine and feminine Mm. energies. And your womb holds all your traumas, all your Mm. sexual traumas. I mean, even if if it's just through culture, like everyone has sexual trauma. You don't even have to have had sex to have a lot of sexual trauma. And so I just did this beautiful (laughs) 10-day. It was... I can't tell you how beautiful it was. And there were all these little rituals and um, bath I would take. I would boil these herbs and flowers. And I love things that like take time. I grew up in like, I microwaved everything. I don't cook, you know, it's just this fast pace. Like I, I want food a second I think of it and everything, jump on the internet and find out any information you want, you know, and slowing down and doing these really beautiful rituals and really beautiful ceremonies. And there were meditations that went along with each one and um, honoring your mother and honoring and going through partners and going through pains and going... I mean, it it's very detailed and I don't want to diminish it by speaking too much about it, but it was just the most beautiful. And a lot of times things are happening on a subconscious cellular soul level that you don't necessarily even know, but I, there's a knowing that this was like, I just knew that I was supposed to do it. I know it's part of like my opening to my future soulmate that I believe will step in this year. Actually, I know that's a whole other story, Mm. Um, but there's just like healing that I need to do on my own. And that was part of it. And it's been so beautiful and so sweet. And there were nights where I would just like giggle and hold my heart. And there are nights that literally they were like fattest tears you could imagine and seeing motivations and why I would do some of the things I was doing. It was just, it was a really, really beautiful reconnecting and healing thing. I'm telling y'all, I'm my girlfriends. I'm like, y'all, I just get weirder by the day, but they no, like trust honestly, me. And it's just so know we're signing up. Pre- after this. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I'll tell you all the things. Mm, the weirder, like, the better, honestly. Yeah. But it also just, I'm like, I know it's so weird, but it's also true. A hundred. That's the thing. Exactly. I'm like, it's Wouldn't weird. Wouldn't talk about it if it wasn't yeah. true. Yeah. Honestly, I'm like, womb healing, I'm in. Yeah. Literally, yeah. You, when you tell me yeah. something, you're like, it's where masculine and feminine meet. I was like, makes sense. Yeah. Literally, it takes me nothing. I'm like, yeah. yes, that's yeah. right. You yeah. know? It's so sweet. When I do my meditations, I hold my hands on my mm. womb and I just send that, like our hands are so 
healing. And I don't even necessarily have words. A lot of times I don't say anything. I don't have any words, but there's just like, or when I get my neurofeedback, I I hold my womb. Mm. I don't really know why. I just know I'm meant to. And I know that I need to send energy healing there. And I, I feel more balanced. Like I came into the world, like I... I think I've been a mother in many, 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 many lives. And, but in this life, I'm going to lead with more of a masculine. And I still am very feminine, like very feminine, but masculine energy goes into the world. And it's like, if men had to have babies, there would never be a child ever because masculine, it's a more selfish energy and it's, you're coming back to yourself. And I, my natural tendency is to go to, uh, and like take care of and, you know, like even when I do my plant medicine ceremonies, I have to choose to come back to my, I want to like do healing work on everyone. And I feel their pain. I will like, and I've had to learn how to come back. The I first friend, 80% friend that was like that too. Yeah. She like healed everyone else and everyone else experienced her too. Yeah. Everyone came up to me after. Wow. Like specifically. Everyone's going to come up to me and be like, yo bitch, you were like nowhere. <laughs> no. like, <it's> no. <laughs> That's not, you're supposed to focus on yourself. Literally gonna be, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. My best friend um, Garrett, who I did the last one with, he goes, you were in the bathroom when she was talking about the rules and you missed the memo when she said, don't focus on anyone else. Don't touch anyone else. Literally missed the memo. And it was so funny. He goes, I watched you. I would sit up and I would know certain people I was supposed to like be sending love to. Um, and he goes, it was so wild because they were in the front of the room with their eyes closed. And after you would do it within three or four minutes, they would go to that. They felt the same thing and they'd go like sing to that person or put hands on that person. Wow. Like we were connected to and. Yeah. So I, I have a very strong feminine energy, but in this life, my work is like coming back to myself to be able to go in the world and do the healing work that I know I'm here to do. And it's barely started. And it feels like such a privilege and such an honor. And yeah, it's like that balancing, like I'm meant to go out, you know, and it's going to be so precious. And I'm just so freaking grateful and in awe of like, it just all feels like a privilege. I'm so, I just want to be a mirror and a conduit of the divine's love and be like, this is for you. Mm. And then I'll just moonwalk out of here. And this is for you. And this is your love. This is for you that's inside of you. And then I'll get out of here, you know? <laughs> Go back to Nashville. Yeah, yeah literally. Oh, yeah. I feel so lucky. I want to I want to hang with you. I don't want to say goodbye. I know. Oh, <laughs> y'all are so I precious. I haven't talked about, yeah, I haven't talked about it's, most of that. Perfect. Thank you. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, We've been having a lot of conversations about it because it's been coming up for us, like as the messages for us to hear before we go. Because our situation happened, like we were like, yeah, you know, we would do it. But the way that our situation happened and came into our life was like, this is happening and I'm going to make it honestly so easy for you. And I'm going to make it beautiful and Mm -hmm. exactly what you need and, you know, everything like that. So exactly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm so excited. Can't wait. We'll give you the recap. Yeah, honestly, you cannot wait. So excited. How can people connect with you? Oh, yeah. And what are you doing in 2019? Oh, my goodness. All the things. So, um, well, I just turned in my so wow. editing. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so With excited. the right title. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of, ed- I mean, a lot more goes into it before it'll come out. We are just now recording season two of our podcast, which Woo-hoo. is called The Unspoken Podcast. And 
Um, that's felt like such a gift to you. I mean, mm. we just, you know, I, so I don't great. have to tell you all this, but like just, I get to learn so much. I am like a forever student in life and I'm so curious. And I sit across from these men and women that know so much about so much and are willing to talk about really hard things. And it's like people that the world knows for their craft or, you know, actors and musicians, these beautiful humans, but we know them to be just really wholehearted people that are willing to talk about really hard things. And so that's just been the sweetest thing ever. I can't tell you how much I love these conversations because I just learned so much and I float out of there. Um, and so, yeah, we're recording season two right now. Um, I'm, I, I'm a speaker, so I get to yeah. speak, which is like such a gift. And then, yeah, I don't, I don't keep anything up to date really except for Instagram, which I get off that all the time. I've just gotten off like a three-week little break, but um, that's kind of where I keep people up to date on anything when I remember. I'm really excited. I have a girlfriend, Suleika, who has a book coming out at the same time as me. And she is literally my mirror. We've experienced so many of the similar. She lived in her bed with cancer and Mm -hmm. also almost died of C. diff and Mm -hmm. all the things. Like it's the craziest mirror I've ever experienced. And we're... We have some really beautiful, exciting things that I've just like seen that we're going to be doing in the world that I am so uh, excited. We just got together at a little cabin last week and started brainstorming some of these things. And it just feels like, it just feels so sweet and so, uh, so darling. And I'm just really excited. I think this year, 2019, is going to be more of like my healing myself and foundational. And then my book will come out in 2020. But I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be pretty low key. I mean, the podcast, you know, and I mean, Instagram, obviously I'm out there some, but I think this year is meant to kind of be a little more selfish and come go inward and do a lot, a lot, a lot of healing work. It's been this just beautiful healing journey. And then in 2020, I'll kind of, um, it'll be when it all comes together. Wow. Mm, So excited for you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And you're at Ruthie Lindsay on Instagram. Yes. So people and then can follow you. The, um, at the Unspoken Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, you'll, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's so good. Oh, Our so listeners thank, will, if yeah. they aren't already, I'm sure a lot of them yeah. are listening, but oh, if you haven't, thank it's you. incredible. Guys, thank you so much. I feel so grateful I got to sit Aww. across from y'all. Y'all Thanks. are so precious and your energy is so beautiful. Aww. And it's just, this has been such a treat. I'm really, really appreciative. So. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. The same. We'll see you later. Thanks right. so much. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Bye. <laughs> My goodness. Ugh. Thank you so much, Ruthie. Ruthie, we love you so much. Yes. We'll be following you around the nation. Truly. <laughs> Honestly. Well, she's going to spend part of her time here in LA, so. I know. I can't knock, wait. Knock, 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 knock. Here we Hi. are. Met you Remember once. Remember us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Met you once. You changed my life. Remember me? It's true. But we did connect. I really feel I like it was it was Her post really... on Instagram that tagged us. <laughs> I know. The sweetness. That kind of stuff is like, yo. means so much. Didn't have to do that. Literally. Like going through like our PayPal 1099s. I'm like, oh, life sucks. And then I'm like, oh my God. I know. Thank you. Turned our day around. Love you. Pick up her book soon. uh, And then listen to our podcast, Unspoken Podcast. All right. Review of the week. 
beyond five stars to Krista and Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have been listening to this podcast for over a year now and truly feel that I have gotten to know these ladies so well. I feel so lucky to be part of such an incredible community that values connection, consciousness, and coming together to create such needed social change. Krista and Lindsay have truly cultivated a beautiful collective. And I thank my lucky stars for finding them every day. Not only are they such a fun and open podcasting duo, but they are really ahead of the curve and seeing what topics need to be shared and discussed. I find myself opening myself up to so much every single episode. And I'm so excited to continue this personal development while being so supported by such a vibrant and loving community. 11 out of 10 recommend this to anyone. That was so sweet from Claire in Canada. How do you guys see us like that? Wow. Seriously. I'm like, ugh. It is a goddamn dream to be a steward. Truly. To your personal growth and development. And um, thank you so much. Your reviews mean so much. Yeah. We don't take it lightly and we don't take it for granted. So thank you. Thank you. you If you haven't already and you want to share, you can subscribe and rate and review on iTunes. We love it. We read one. Yep. Free content. Please write a review. Yeah. We will see you on tour. We will be announcing tour in the next couple of days. Rebrand is coming soon. Austin event. We will see you then. We cannot wait. And yourpodcastpro.com. If you have a podcast, want to start a podcast, you can find all the resources that we have leveraged to create almost 30 there. We love you. We love you. Go get them. Goodbye. Bye.